Well, hello, and uh, welcome to the CSF Monthly Podcast for May 2020. Uh, with the continuation of the current COVID pandemic, this is a podcast that aims to keep you vigilant with the latest in the field of rheumatology and what are really very challenging and difficult times for us all. I wish you the very best in your clinical practice at this moment. And today I'm going to review two papers exploring the safety of tofsitinib in psoriatic arthritis and the evaluation of hepatitis B virus in clinical trials of baricitinib in rheumatoid arthritis. And remember, if you need access to detailed summary slides of the papers discussed, just go to cytokinesignaling.com. You'll find everything you need there. It's a great resource. I enjoy using it, and I hope you will too. So the first paper is from Gert Burmester. It's an integrated analysis of the safety of tofacitinib in psoriatic arthritis across phase three and long-term extension studies with comparison to real-world observational data. Now, uh, Key background here, well, the treatment recommendations for people with psoriatic arthritis vary with different prognostic risk factors, disease manifestations, patterns of expression of disease, and, and response to prior therapies. And there are, of course, as with all of the inflammatory arthropathies, some safety concerns with the therapies that we use, and these can include gastrointestinal adverse events, hepatotoxicity, uh, infectious risk, opportunistic infections, including TB, serious infections, malignancy, and rarely bone marrow toxicity. Now, this is a post-hoc analysis of two phase three studies and one long-term extension study that have examined the safety profile of tofsitinib and compares the incidence rate of adverse events of special interest with observational data for other PSA treatments in a real-world setting. Uh, data from the PSA clinical trial program was pooled from two global studies, uh, OPAL Broaden and OPAL Beyond, and one long-term extension study, OPAL Balance. Uh, three cohorts were defined to analyze this data set, a placebo-controlled cohort, uh, tofacitinib dose comparison cohort, and an all-tofacitinib recipient comparison cohort. An observational comparison cohort used real-world data from adult patients receiving psoriatic arthritis-approved therapies in the U.S. Truven Market Scan database. So what are the key results? Well, the incidence rates seen for serious AEs and discontinuations in patients receiving tofacitinib was similar to the rates seen in the RA clinical trial program, and that's reassuring a priori. Instance rates for serious adverse events over 12 months were 7.9 per 100 patient years for 5 milligrams BID, 8.1 per 100 patient years for 10 milligrams BID, and are similar to reported instance rates of 9.4 per 100 patient years for tofacitinib across phases 1 through 3 in long-term extension studies in rheumatoid arthritis. Now, the incidence rates for discontinuations due to AEs were 7.2 per 100 patient years for 5 milligrams BID, and 7.3 per 100 patient years for 10 milligrams BID, so pretty much overlapping, and similar to the instance rate of 7.5 per 100 patient years for all tofacitinib doses in patients with rheumatoid arthritis. Now, instance rates of 1.3 and 2 per 100 patient years for patients receiving tofacitinib 5 milligrams and 10 milligrams BID respectively are consistent with the instance rate of 2.7 per 100 patient years in patients with RA and 1.9 patients with psoriasis. The instance rate of opportunistic infections, MACE, malignancies, and uh, NMSC, non-malignant uh, melanoma skin cancers in the tofacitinib-treated patients was within the range of that seen in the observational comparison cohort. Tofacitinib was associated with higher risk of herpes zoster than most other PSA therapies, as is the case when it is used in people with rheumatoid arthritis. 
So what do we conclude? Well, in general, people with psoriatic arthritis uh, taking tocitinib exhibit a safety profile that's consistent with patients receiving other therapies in a real-world setting. And although tocitinib was associated with a higher risk of herpes zoster uh, than most other PSA therapies, this is not an unexpected finding and is something I think we're already looking out for in the JAK inhibitor uh, field. The second paper I'd like to highlight this month investigates hepatitis B virus reactivation in clinical trials of baricitinib in rheumatoid arthritis. And uh, the lead author here is uh, Dr. Masayoshi Harigai from the Institute of Rheumatology, Tokyo Women's Medical University in Japan. Now, reactivation of hepatitis B virus replication is a recognized complication in patients receiving biologic, uh, biologic agents uh, in people with rheumatoid arthritis. Uh, reactivation of HPV replication is defined as a marked increase in HPV replication in a person with previously stable or undetectable levels of virus. But there are limited data uh, on the prevalence of occult infection and the incidence of reactivation in RA patients treated with JAK inhibitors is pretty sparse. Um, reactivation of HPV replication can be transient and clinically silent in RA patients, but it can also be severe and may result in acute hepatic failure. So it's something that we should be thinking about. The aim of this study was to assess HPV reactivation in clinical trials of baricitinib. Data were pooled from phase three trials, RA begin, BEAM, BUILD and BEACON, and one long-term extension, RA Beyond, in patients naive to DMARDS or who had had inadequate responses to DMARDS, including methotrexate, conventional synthetic DMARDS, or TNF inhibitors. And all patients had received at least one dose of baricitinib. All patients were tested for hepatitis B core antibody, surface antibody, and surface antigen, and were excluded if they had uh, Hep B virus surface antigen positive, Hep B core antibody, positive, HEP B surface antibody negative. Uh, in, in Japan, they could enroll if they were HPV DNA negative or hepatitis B surface antibody positive and HPV DNA positive. Now, concomitant stable doses of conventional synthetic DMARDs, NSAIDs of glucocorticoids were permitted and HPV DNA testing with or without concomitant hepatic monitoring was undertaken for people who are hepatitis B core antibody negative at baseline. Now, a total of 269 of the 2,890 patients had baseline serology suggestive of prior hepatitis B infection. 290 patients underwent HPV DNA testing post-baseline, 215 hepatitis B core antibody positive and 75 hepatitis B core antibody negative at baseline were found. 36, that's 12%, had detectable HPV DNA at some point following treatment. Total of 32 patients, that's 14.9%, uh, were Hep B core antibody positive at baseline, and eight of 215 patients, that's 3.7%, had a single quantifiable result greater than or equal to 29 international units per mil. Of these eight patients, four met the definition of reactivation of HPV, that's a, a HPV DNA level greater than or equal to 100 international units per mil. Baricitinib was discontinued in four patients and temporarily interrupted in two patients. Um, three of the four patients that discontinued received antivirals. Now, no patient developed clinical evidence of hepatitis, and in five of eight patients, antiviral therapy was not used. But what do we conclude here? Well, for patients who tested HPV DNA positive at some point following treatment, HPV DNA became undetectable again within several months, and the clinical outcomes were deemed satisfactory. Uh, the data suggests that patients with prior HPV exposure should be monitored, 
in accordance with clinical guidelines for HPV DNA during treatment with DMARDs and might be treated safely with the use of antiviral therapy as needed. Now, additional data are going to be needed to fully characterize the potential risk for reactivation in the context of JAK inhibitors in the wider RA population. Clinical trials are a very select group, and it's always important that we go back into the real world to establish what the impact of any given intervention will be. Now, just finally to tell you that another publication that we've covered this month, authored by uh, Stanley Cohen and his colleagues, evaluates fenibrutinib, that's a BTK inhibitor, compared to placebo and adalimumab in rheumatoid arthritis. Now, if you're interested in that, please go to the uh, details that are available in more detailed slide format in the publication section at cytokinesignaling.com. As always, thanks ever so much for your attention. I, I know how challenging the times are at the moment, and I, I hope that this uh, webcast and, of course, the wider information resource available to you on cytokinesignal.com is still useful to you. And don't forget to subscribe to the podcast and let us know what you think by leaving a review. Thanks ever so much for your attention. Wishing you the very best in these times.